Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast with Dr. David O. Ogaga. Are we all there together in Galatians chapter number 1? Galatians 1. Get your Bibles. If you don't have one, borrow from your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Just stay close. I just want you to read it. I want us to read it together. Are we all there now in Galatians 1? Okay. Let's get down to verse 2, 3, 4. Verse 2, go. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and for our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God our Father. Hallelujah. You may sit down. Father, I just want to ask that you breathe into your word. Let it come alive again. Let it not be latest. Let it not just be the words of men. Let it come from your throne. And let changes and deliverance be wrought in our people. As the word comfort unto them. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Now, what I want you to pick this morning. What I want you to understand this morning. Is this war is passing away. This world is passing away. Now, anytime you hear that, you'll be thinking about the globe. You're thinking about everything around you. I want to interpret to you this morning what the world really means that is passing away. Have you had people say the world is passing away? You've had that before. Amen. Okay. Now, I want you to understand this morning that of the truth, the world is passing away, and you are going to understand how it is passing away and what the world is. But the key thing I want you to pick from this verse is God is delivering us from this present evil world. Now, what is wrong with the world that makes it evil? Oh, come on, maybe thinking about killings, plane crash, a bombing, and diseases, and sicknesses, whatever it is, fine. Include that. But there are something I want you to understand as we progress. Now all of that put together. God said he's delivering us from them. If you will. Do you understand that? You know we're going through the prayer section. And God is continuously talking to us. On the things he intends to do. Those prayer points are so powerful. If only you can receive them. I don't understand what God is saying to us from those passages. But God said the major reason that Jesus came is to deliver us from this present evil world. Now, one of the key things is the word world is aeon in the Greek and that actually means age. God is delivering us from this evil age. <laughs> now, so what is wrong with this age that makes it evil? Is it the plane that we've designed? Is it the fast trains that we're using? Is it a computer? No, none of those things in the true sense of it. Everything good you can abuse for destruction. Is that all right? Amen? Okay. Now, I'm going to be defining from the scriptures. I'm not going to be using my words. But I'm going to be defining from the scripture what the world means and what is evil in the world. And what the Bible says, this age is evil. And that is what is passing away because for you and I, we are part of this evil world. Okay. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. 
Hallelujah. I'm going to be reading from verse uh, 15 down to 17. 4 John chapter 2, 15 down to 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Love not the world. Are you getting that verse 15? Neither the things that are in the world. <laughs> now, just jump down to verse 17 and connect something. Verse 17 says, And the world passeth away, and the laws thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. The world passeth away. So what is in the world? Verse 16. Good. Are you getting this? For all that is in the world. What is in the world? And what? And what? The pride of life is not of the Father. But it's of the world. Therefore love not the world. Why? Because the world is passing away. Why? Because the world is evil. So what makes the world evil? Come on. What makes the world evil? The loss of... Again... Again, the pride of life. Simple. Do you find this outside of man or within man? There you are. So you are not excluded. So don't be looking at plane crash as the evil things in the world. Are you getting this? Don't be looking at armed robbery. Don't be, all of those things put together. Listen, they just cannot manifest except these things are in a man. Therefore, love not the world because the world is passing away. Now, the good news I have for you to you and for you this morning is this. As long as you abide in the love of the Father, these three things that are the evil in the world will be passing away for you. Therefore, this is what God came to deliver us from. Are you following what I'm talking about? Say, God came to deliver us from this present evil world. What is evil in this world, my brother? Is it the food we eat? No. Is it the good cars with AC that you drive that is evil? Not at all. <laughs> Are you still there? God came to deliver us from this present evil world. So listen to me. You go to church and you are still full of these three major things. You have not been delivered. You have not been delivered. That is the world. The world is not the trees. It's not. So when people talk about Oh, come on, read your Bible. The Bible tells us that the earth abided forever. Have you read that? Yes, One generation command, not pass it away, but the earth abided forever. The world is not this globe. It's not, it's not a globe. It's the lust of the eye, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. This is what constitutes the world. You know, <laughs> help me. I don't know how my brothers preached this book. Hmm? When did this come into the world? It came in Genesis 3. Remember that? When man ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So where is the manifestation of the fruit of the tree? In man. And God came to deliver us from that tree. This is the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil that Adam ate. That is why Jesus came. He didn't come to take you away from Antichrist. This is the real problem. The loss of the flesh, the loss of our the pride of life. 
This is the real issue why Jesus came. If you can get out of this, you enter into paradise. Come on, help me. If this thing can be destroyed in your eyes, you are back to Eden. No more sorrow. And I'm going to connect you to it. Because what made man to come into the place of sorrow and death is these three things. The loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, and the pride of life. And Jesus came to deliver us from this evil age where these three things are what? Manifesting. Everything you can think about in the world today that you don't like, they are all the offshoot of these three principles in the life of a man. Hallelujah. Can you imagine the kind of arrogancy that people carry on today? It's just the pride of life. And they are from the knowledge of good and evil. The tree, Genesis 3. I've always told you here, Genesis 3 is the beginning of sin. And anything that has a beginning has an end. Come on, hear me loudly. Do you understand that God's ultimate goal is to eradicate everything that began in Genesis 3? That is why if you get to the book of Revelation, you don't see the knowledge of good and evil tree. The only tree you see is the tree of life. When God finishes with the knowledge of good and evil, you can't find the lust of the pride, the pride of life anymore in your life. God is eradicating it. And when that is finished, I tell you the simple truth, everything about you is going to be eaten. Now you can start the journey. Hear what I'm saying? <laughs> look, at, look at the Bible. And people even say, say pride comes before a fall. Have you heard that before? Now have you seen people fall because of pride? That means... You can stand when pride is eliminated. That means you can be successful when pride is eliminated. That means you can enter into glory when pride is eliminated. And Jesus came to deliver us from this present evil world. And so many of you talk about deliverance. If all you know about is a devil, forget it. The real trouble is in your life. You know what Jesus said? In the book of John. He said, the prince of the world coming, but he shall find nothing in me. You know what he's trying to say? He can't find pride in me. He can't find the lust of the flesh. He can't find a lot of... Are you getting what I'm talking about? He shall find nothing in me because that is what he works on. That is his food. That is what he presented to Adam and Eve. And so when he was coming, Jesus said, those things you gave to my, my big brother, the other brother there, they are not in me. Therefore, you have nothing to work on. In other words, you can deceive me. You can make me to puff up. I'm still humble. I'm still submitting to the Father. I'm not talking to someone here. I'm still humble. I can't eat not robbery. I've taken the form of a slave. I'm serving my Father. I will do nothing except what I see the Father do. I'm still humble. You can find pride in me. That is what you need to get out of your life. Then the love of the Father will be shown. The Bible says, if these things are not in you, then the love of the Father. Say, because no man will love these things and say, love the Father at the same time. Say, if the love of the Father is in you, you will not be in this. This thing that are in the world, you won't have it. So what is the proof of being truly repented and delivered? Is the love of the Father, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the heart, the pride of life is completely what? Eliminated. We have a work to do. God is going to help us. You see people carry on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let me say this, but it's not by any way, but 
Somebody I know, very friendly, somebody will relate, you understand? And uh, often he calls me on the phone and I will answer, I will call back. And when they say, hey, look, Pastor Dave, you, you called me, you call me by my name all the time, you don't call me Apostle. Hey, what has I got to do? Apostle? What is special about that? You want to know, these are ecclesiastical pride. You think you are humble, but there is something locked in within your system that you have not dealt with. Just because somebody does it. I remember. Good years back, I was speaking to a brother and I, and I called him. They introduced him to me, gone into glory anyway. And I called his name. He looked at me and he walked away. We were trying to greet an elderly lady. And he walked away. So I was wondering. He said, look, look, let me tell you, I'm no longer a pastor, I'm reverend. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sir, reverend. Look at all of these things. Where are we going? But these things are in you. Even in the home. Am I talking to somebody? Even in the home, even in business places, they are in your life. This is what Jesus came to deliver us from. Hallelujah. Amen. This is, they are in the homes. Huh? They are everywhere. We, they are just there. It's in our lives. It's in what we picked from Adam. Jesus came and said, this thing you've got to get out of it. For you to succeed in life, for you to be established, for God to shine his love and his glory upon you, this thing must go. You can't claim to love God when these things are in your life. Now, think about it. He said, he that loves the world. In other words, when you love pride, but you don't know you can love pride. Is that not what the Bible said? He said, he that loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Already we said pride is one of them. Have you? If I tell you, boy, you love pride, you say, what is wrong with you? How can I love pride? But the Bible says you love the world. That means you love pride. You love the lust of the flesh. You love the lust of the eyes. Things that are glorious. And you get what I'm talking about? You don't want to condescend to men of low estate. There are people who you feel they are not your rankings. But understand that they are in the image of God. What you should relate with is the image. Circumstance can make people low before you. Despise no one. Hallelujah. Jerry was speaking about how during the camp meeting, all the pastors were in one room and there was no segregation. What are you segregating? In the true sense. I mean, think about it. What are you segregating? No, come on. When you come to fellowship, we are all one. That doesn't mean we don't have respect for one another. That doesn't mean we don't know where we belong. We don't know. Hallelujah. Somebody once asked me, Pastor, how come that you always carry these little children in the children's section on your body? Ask Jesus why he carried the little children. If he can answer that, I will answer you. Why did Jesus carry little children? He was so highly placed. He was God in the flesh. And yet he was going down to little children to fellowship with them. Who are you? 
that pride has suspended you. Your leg is hanging upstairs. Who are you? The Bible says you've got to be delivered from this things. Some people are dying. All manner of things are happening to us, and then we think, oh no, 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 no. The love of the Father is not in us. He came to deliver us from this present evil war. What is evil? Not the smoking. No, 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 no. Because all those ones are still lost of the flesh. Yes, hmm? yes, not the smoking, not the heroine, not the... Think, not all of those things put together. Let me tell you something. If you can overcome this, you overcome heroin. Yes, you can overcome cocaine. He came to deliver us. You know, we devalue the work and the blood of Jesus. Because we are in the church and we are still so proud and yet we claim to be delivered. And the next question is, are you born again? You want me born again? Born filled with the Holy Ghost? So what is special about that? And pride is overtaking your brain. If I say crown that you are wearing. So I'm born again filled with the Holy Ghost. And tongue talking or whatever. I have nothing to do with God. Nothing absolutely. I want to be honest with you this morning because I need some deliverance in your life. Absolute. Are you catching what I'm talking about? Let me tell you something. Just like Pastor said, we are not saying we don't believe in healings. We are not saying we don't. We believe in all of that. But there are root causes to all of these things. Jesus said, go and see no more. Let's say worst thing happen to you. I want the people who can live in divine health. And when you overcome these things, certain things begin to happen in your mortal body. That is my perception. I believe in signs and wonders. I believe in miracles. God can do all of that. But when it becomes a repeated event, it's a weariness of human effort. Because there is a root cause why these things are happening. Are you still there with me? Master has given me a testimony yesterday. We don't know the effect of these prayers that we're offering this one month. One of my daughters said she was carrying something and there's this sharp knife. I wouldn't need for, for kitchen or for numbers. I don't know what it was meant for. Sharp knife that was among the things and the knife just came straight. Almost on the leg and then it slipped off just a little inches off the leg. You don't know we're talking about deliverance. What is in prayer upon a few days ago? You don't know what it means. God is all out there to protect you anytime, anywhere. Anytime. But overcome these things and his presence will be there perpetually. Am I talking to somebody? You have to kill pride. You have to kill the loss of the flesh. You have to kill the loss of the eyes. These are your members which must be killed. Then the expression of the love of God will be made manifest. You will walk with the protection, angelic protections of God. In fact, your prayers become effectual. When you decree a thing, it comes to pass. Because you love God and God loves you. But we go to church, what we call church, and our life does not have any practical change. And then the next thing is I'm born again. Jesus said, we're not of the world. Therefore, our home is out there in heaven. You shouldn't understand what he said. 
If he said, I'm not of the world, you know that what part of the world has no part in me. That's exactly what he said. The prince of the world cometh, and he shall find nothing in me. I don't belong to the system of this world. What he's saying, my mentality is not shaped by what shapes men's thinking. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? I mean, see, the, the, the message translation puts it this way. Don't love the world ways. Don't love the world goods. Don't love the world squeeze out the love of God from your life. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, have nothing to do with the Father. Come on now. Nothing. Wanting your own ways. Wanting everything. Wanting to appear what? Important. Who are you? <laughs> you see, I love God. He came to deliver us from wanting to appear important. You, you are already important. You don't need to appear to be important. You don't need anything to prove to be important. You are important. What makes you important? You are in the image of God. You are important. Why do you want to appear important? You see, do you want Jesus to begin to tell anybody that, don't you know I'm the son of God? Does it make sense? He already knows he's the son of God. You don't need anything to prove that you are the son of God. You don't need anything to prove that you are important. I speak and announce to you today, just in case you don't know, you're already important. But trying to appear important is sin. Are you still there with me? See, this has nothing to do with the Father wanting your own way. You don't, when people talk to you, you don't want to listen. You want it your own way. The way you want it, that is the way it must be. When it's not like that, you fight and die. Wanting it your own way. It's not the spirit of the Father. Wanting everything for yourself. Wanting to be important. Help the Father. It just isolates you from him. Oh, come on. It just isolates you from who? From God. Don't you see you are living alone? Without a father? <laughs> Walking in this, in this realm. It isolates you from God. That is what we don't know. You can still be shouting him. Shouting his name doesn't mean you have him. This is why our prayers are not being answered. See, James, I'm supposed, was it James or Peter? Peter puts it this way. He said, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Can you see the difference? Appearing important. Want to prove to everybody how important you are. Everybody must bow down to you. Oh, come on. Who are you? Everybody must submit. Huh? If they don't submit, no, no, no. And some of us in ministry, Sons, <laughs> sons, sons and daughters. Eh? Ah, that's one of my sons. That's one of my sons. You know, that's one of my sons. And you know nothing about these people, and the people don't even know anything about you. They are your son because they have to give you some money. That's what you're looking for. Nothing more than that. You want to appear important. You want to appear big. Let me tell you something. God will bring sons your way. Real sons. <laughs> I was shocked, Maxwell just spoke to me and said, do you know anybody called Stanley? 
I said, Stanley, I said, I can't remember. He said, but the person said you are his father. I said, I don't know <laughs> giving back to his son called Stanley. <laughs> you know, he got online and this is a young man I went to preach almost that five years ago in Abo, I remember. And I spoke in the night and that night he said, the Lord told me you have to be my spiritual father because of what you shared. In the, father, that's where the image and likeness message came from. He said, God told me tonight you got to be my spiritual father. I said, oh, come on, stop all this talk. Behold, the guy traveled all the way from Abbott down here twice. He gave me his complaint. He told me what to do, what he wants to do. This guy was just a mere butcher selling meat. The father was late. And he said, God said, you have to be my father. I said, okay. I don't have anything to do. I can only pray with you. I prayed with him. I said, okay, you be my son. I agree. I'm your father. Fine. Let's go on. <laughs> this guy will call my phone 3 a.m. in the night, 2 a.m. in the night. It doesn't allow me sleep. He said, I know if you can tell me one thing this night, things will change. <laughs> Persistently. We lost contact for about two years now. Right now he's in South Africa. All the way from South Africa, he called, he wrote. So the first time he told me, he said, a guy in South Africa called Stanley. I said, I don't know anybody like that. The son has migrated. Now, these are sons that God will bring your way. Hallelujah. Now, God can establish that boy tomorrow so strongly over there. And bet you me, when the father steps into the country, he has a home in the son's house. Don't be too proud for people. There are people God will bring your way. They can be very poor today. Very, this guy was only killing Nama in Abo. He's no longer killing Nama. He's in South Africa. Hey, man, I love the guy's suit. Eh? <laughs> It's not a rough, rough boy that you were seeing in Agbo. No more. See, some of the people you neglect and become governors tomorrow, become president tomorrow, become bank managers tomorrow. I remember walking in one of the banks and somebody was looking at me and said, so what do you want to do? I said, I want to pay some money in for my children. He looked at me. He, said, he looked at me again. I said, what do you want? He said, do you know me? I said, no. He said, oh, guys, if you don't know me, I'm not attending to you. Ooh. <laughs> I said, is that an offense? I said, I don't know you. Not. He said, yes, that's what I'm saying. If you don't know me, I'm not attending to you. I have to start cracking my brain. And God helped me. I called his name. Say, now you are talking. You are my own uncle. You are my father. How can you say you don't know me? Now, come and let me attend to you. He put everybody back and he attended to me. You don't know who can be who tomorrow. Get pride out of your life. Hallelujah. Pride is evil. That's what I'm trying to make you understand. Amen. The world and all this wanting, wanting, wanting. I like the way the king is. I mean, the, the message. Look at the way he put it. The world and all this wanting, wanting, wanting. <laughs> it's on the way out. Can you get that? It's on the way out. But whosoever does what God wants is set for eternity. All this wanting, wanting, wanting. He's on his way out. The world is passing away, my brother. You may not understand. But I have good news this morning again. It is true that even what I'm saying is passing away from your life. And so you are set for eternity. That is why Jesus came. Real deliverance is taking place in your life right now. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah. 
I love the word because it shapes my life, shapes my thinking, shapes my feeling. <laughs> Say the world with us is wanting, 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 wanting. Everything is wanting, wanting. He says it's on his way out because it's not of the Father. Whatever is not of the Father passes away. So when we say the world is passing away, please understand. Is that okay? Is anybody catching that this morning? Hallelujah. Changes are coming. Yes, sir. Changes are coming. I know it because deliverance is taking place. You are not who you used to be. Neither will you be who you used to be. This is another season. <laughs> wanting, wanting. You're always wanting. Hold it, brother. Hallelujah. Isaiah 65. Are you there? This is prophetic. You know, Isaiah was speaking more about God's kingdom. He was a kingdom prophet. And so these things I'm speaking to you that I'm about to share with you, they have to do with the kingdom of God. They have to do with the life of God. They have to do with God. God intends to come to be for his own who are in God's kingdom. Amen? Why? Because all those wanting, wanting has passed away. Do you know what? When the loss of the eye, the pride of life, and the loss of the play passes away, God's kingdom is established. Glory to God. Three things are passing away. Three things comes in. Oh, I wish we can match this thing. Huh? <laughs> Righteousness, peace, joy comes in. When the loss of the eye, the pride of life, and the loss of the flesh goes away. Come on, are you catching what I'm trying, trying to say that? God is doing something. It's removing and planting. It's uprooting and planting. Hallelujah. Joy is coming your way. Because what brought sorrow is pride and the loss of the eyes and the loss of the flesh. It's so simple. Eliminate those things, God's kingdom comes in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are we there in Isaiah 65? Verse 17. For behold, what's there? Look here. I create new heavens and new earth. And the former shall not be remembered, not come into mind. Now, when you talk about heaven and earth, people's mind go up to the sky. Don't go there. System. You're right. Are you getting that? New heaven and new earth. I'm talking about new system. In other words, there's an old heaven and old earth. And what we wear all in Adam is an old heaven and old earth. Listen, the Bible says we are born the image of the heavenly, which also bear the image of the I mean, of the earthly. It's about the image of the earthly, which has to be at the image of the heavenly. Can you get that? Image of the heavenly doesn't mean you're transported up. It means you become Christ-like because you were Adam-like. Did you understand that? So when we're talking about old heavens passing away, we're talking about the ruling system, the controlling factors of men, the philosophy, the traditions of men, all of those things with which you were controlling your life, the pride of life, the loss of the flesh, all these things are doing what? Passing away. God said, I create new heavens and new earth. Now, how does God create? He simply says, let there be the word. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Come on, can I tell you something? God is creating today. You know, in the book of Psalms, the Bible says, they that shall be created shall do what? Shall praise the Lord. But I thought creation is finished. So what do you mean those that have been created shall praise the Lord? And the Bible says you send forth your spirit and they are created. Amen. Okay, watch this. 
Behold, I create new heavens and new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. You know what I'm saying? You will come to a place in your life where all of those things which has to do with the world can no longer be impressing your mind. Your system will reject them. You are not just only deleting them, they are going to be rejected. They cannot come in. That means, that means there is going to be a system in place that will block them from coming back or you manifesting them. Am I talking this over here? He said, they shall not be remembered or come into mind. In other words, you will not regret you not being a proud man anymore. You will not regret. Come on, am I talking here? <laughs> Couch this. You will not. The loss of the flesh, the pride of life, all those things, you will not regret, you will not. You will say, hey, I pitied myself when I was in that. Hallelujah. Verse 18 says, but ye shall be glad. Can you say amen? And rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and our people what? A joy. This is what God is doing. How is he creating them? Now watch this. When God drove Adam in simply say, out of the ground you must suffer before you eat out of the sweat. Remember that? Sorrow, pains, everything. But God now said, I created Jerusalem and rejoicing. What Jerusalem? That's my Zion. What's my Zion? That's the church. I created the church what? A rejoicing. And a people, a people of joy. Because the old things are passing away. The world is passing. And I announced for you this morning. And as soon as the world goes, a new day is done in for Hallelujah. Look at verse 19. I will rejoice in Jerusalem. Now, was God happy when man fell? <laughs> but the joy of the Lord is coming back. I will rejoice in Jerusalem. And joy in my people. And the voice of weeping shall no more be heard in her. Nor the voice of all crying. Do you know those three things we've just mentioned are the thing responsible for everything you can see today on the face of the earth? All of the trouble, name it. Name any trouble you can ever imagine today. They all centered on those three things. The pride of life, the loss of the flesh, and the loss of the eyes. Why do people go for robbery? They want to live like other people. Amen? Come on, am I talking to someone here? Why do you think they do what they do? Why do people do rituals? Why do people gamble? Not just gambling. Why do they play gambles? I mean, simple as that. Why do you think they do that? It's all part of the loss of the flesh. How they want to appear important. They want to make money. But they don't want to labor. But the Bible says God will bless the works of your hand. doesn't bless the works of the card you play. He doesn't bless gambling. He blesses the works of your hand. Come on. Am I talking to someone? No more sorrow. No more crying. No more weeping. Wrong thoughts is self. The Bible says it's sin. It's in fact, it simply says foolish thought is what? It's sin. Foolish thought is directly connected to loss of the flesh and the pride of life. Sometimes we think sin is uh, smoking and all that. You don't smoke until a thought comes into your mind to smoke. Foolish thought is sin. So you have to first define what kind of thinking you have. Because you say, the Bible also gives us commandment to think. It says, if you have anything of virtue, of glory, of praise... Philippians 4 8, think on this thing. So you, you need to differentiate between right thinking 
and foolish thinking. Bible didn't say you shouldn't think, but it said foolish thought is what? He said. No more sorrow, no more crying. Look at verse 20. There shall be no more things and infant of days. Maxwell said this last week, only this week. Listen to me. When all these things are eliminated, let's read on. No, an old man that had not feel his days, for the child shall be die and a hundred years old, but the sinner being a hundred years old shall be what? A cause. The sinner is not a man outside, the sinner is a man within Jerusalem. I don't have the time I proved that to you from the same book of Isaiah. He says, the sinner in Zion are freed. Where is Zion? The church. So God is not talking of those outside here. The man that dies a hundred years in God's calendar, in God's kingdom, is an infant. Hallelujah. And that is to say, if you are in the church and you are sinning, God still says you still be a hundred years old. Hallelujah. Come on, am I talking to someone here? You are already in church. Huh? He said, but if you die at 100, you are an infant by reckoning. And that is the result of sin. Now, this sin has to do with those three things I'm talking about. Hallelujah. He talks about men that shall fulfill their days. And that is very important. David, you said, teach me to number my days. Listen to me. There are allotted period of years, if you want to use the word, that God has given to you as an individual to live this heart. That has to do with your days. Your days are the things you must do. Not one, two, three, two, hundred, two, twenty, or whatever. Let me tell you something. How old was Jesus? Did he fulfill his days? Good. So when he talks about man fulfilling his days, it means accomplishing what God sent him here to do. Do you understand that? And so the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah. What was it in the days of Noah? When Noah began to preach and when the flood came and when then he inherited yet. All of that put together means what? The days of Noah. So fulfilling your days means there are some historical points that you must unveil. There are some things you must do in creation for people to remember that somebody once lived. I've always challenged this church and those of you in this place, don't you ever pass through this life without a memorial. Too bad. No matter how small, let it be that somebody must remember you when you have passed on. Don't live your life without a memorial. Don't live your life just passing through and nobody knows or thinks about you when you are gone. Don't live your life in such a way. Fulfilling your days means you must live in such a way that when you pass on, somebody will still remember you by. That somebody once lived in this place. It's so important that people like Absalom have to plant a stone. Come on now. Am I talking to someone here? They realize, how can I live without a genealogy? I mean, a memorial, a posterity. How can I? So he planted a stone for a memorial. That when Absalom is gone, this stone will say, Absalom once lived. It's as important as that. Are you still there? Hallelujah. Verse 21, and they shall build houses and inhabit them. And they shall plant vineyards 
I eat the fruit of them. Listen to me, man. You, nobody, you will enjoy your business. Come on. Huh? You are not going to plan for somebody to invest. You are not going to labor and you don't see what you labored for. No way. In what God has in mind for you, you build a house, you will stay in that house. If you plant your vineyard, you've got a business, you will eat the fruit of your business. Are you hearing me? Hey, man. At the other day, myself and Pastor South, we were watching this news and there was this old man. Was it Italy? The architect. Who? Brazil. The guy has a lot. Of, most of the architectural beautiful work he found in Brazil are designed by this man. It was already 120, I'm sure. One two. He got married. That guy got married at the age of 98. He got a new baby. He was, he's already 102 years. The guy is an architect. Look at the structures he put on ground. The man, hey man, come on. That's how to live. An architect, but most of the beautiful architectural work in Brazil are designed by this old man. Still in his office. Well aged. He's enjoying the fruit of his labor. He's coming on the international news. An architect. Some people, architect, I know one. If I'm holding the, the ruler or whatever, it's a problem already. Because he's completely drunk continually. In fact, he joined architect to gambling. Sanisoko Sharp. I didn't call his name. Oh. <laughs> hey, we... If we gamble, in fact, you can't see him in the office doing anything. He's always drinking. But people are making history with the same profession. History. An architect. At 98, got a new baby. And the baby is there cool with the guy, man. <laughs> to him, life just began at 98. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, these are kingdom people. But see people in church at, at 65, they are gone at, 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 huh? Oh, more, come on. God, we have to help us. Look at what God is saying here. I mean, I don't know. If this is the word, sure it is. Can we believe it? Sure we can. Can it work? Sure it can work. Because to them that believe all things are possible. Even man who doesn't know God is living 92, getting a baby at 98. No, I'm not saying go get a baby at 98, eh? <laughs> Hallelujah. But to him, life just began. How old was Abraham anyway before he started? So, what's the problem? It is just this world business in our mind. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? Now, all this thing I'm telling you how to do with your thinking, your approach to life. Very important. Now, let's read on just a little bit. There shall not be another in habit, there shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and my legs shall long enjoy the works of your hands. Hallelujah. They shall not labor in vain. Can I hear an amen to that? Nor bring forth for trouble. For they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord, and their offerings with them. They shall not bring fruit for trouble. In other words, you are not going to give bed that will bring you problems. You won't. 
you know, because of this prayer, I'm actually saying that yesterday. The Lord spoke to me about children. I find that I was teaching children, and then Dali man, um, one, one, what man, one, and the wife came in, and I don't know what he said. And I said, You stay behind me and watch what I'm doing and see what is going to come out of these children. And the next day, I got a text from another pastor in our ministry. And he's talking about children. Now, you in particular laying the foundation of the children and say, We are starting this work all over. And I saw him actually talking to the youth. Listen to me. Every seed in this church is a seed of the Lord. And God is focused on our seed this year. Be careful with your children. Pray the right prayers. Don't wish anyone away. Don't condemn anyone. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? God is bringing us another level. He's talking about our seed. We are not bringing forth for trouble. Whatever was in them is being cast out of them. Right now, in the name of Jesus. The wall is passing away. Hallelujah. Seeds. Look at it. They shall not labor in vain, not bring forth for trouble. Who bring for children for trouble? For they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and they are offering with them. No, I believe God helping us and I'm trusting the Lord so well. Every seed in this house shall be a level-headed child. Every child here shall be a level-headed child. A child that will obey the parents. I tell you the truth, God is going to do it. There have to be some uniqueness in our seeds. No matter what they see. You see, it is not necessarily what you see that brings those things into you. It is what is in within. Hallelujah. That if people are getting naked in the street doesn't mean you have to be naked. If you are naked, it was already in you. The one you saw only activated the nakedness that's already in you. Come on, am I talking to someone here? It's as simple as that. Don't tell me the world is doing that. The world is doing that. No, 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 no. Whatever thing you are doing is already on your inside. Yeah. You are just attracted. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass. Now verse 23 says, They shall not labor in vain. That's what we read before. Now bring forth our trouble, for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and the offerings with them. Verse 24 says, And it shall come to pass, that before they call, I will answer. <laughs> In other words, before you need them to pray, God has already given you what you are praying for. Before they call, remember there's a place that said, they shall call on me and I will answer them. But now I say, before you call, I've already answered. So you, in fact, in my different dimension, there's a place for calling. There's a place where the answer I've called before you called. Why? Because the wall have passed away from your life. So before they call, I've already answered. Now you can see why the shadow of Peter was healing. He wasn't praying. The glory from him. Before you call, I've already answered. Before Peter will say, do anything. Healing was your word taking place. Why? Because the war has passed away from his life. Hallelujah. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are here speaking, I will hear. Oh, come on. This is another level of prayer entirely. Nothing stops God from hearing you. No, 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 no. 
As you are speaking, he is hearing. So before you say amen, the answer has come. Before you say the name of Jesus, the answer is there. As they are just speaking, I will answer. Hallelujah. Verse 25 says, The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. No more struggling. No enemies. The wolf and the lamb, they shall feed together. You know the wolf like eating up the lambs. But now they don't have appetite for that anymore. No pride. No big man and small man. The wolf and the lamb, they shall live together. A harmonious home is what we are looking for. This is a place where the wolf and the lamb can lie down together. No one trying to eat up the other one. Am I talking to someone here? <laughs> they shall feed together. Chewing together. And the lion shall eat straw like the bullock. And those shall be the serpent food. They shall not hurt nor destroy. In all my holy mountain. Say the Lord. They shall not do what? Hurt. Not do what? Destroy. Where? In my holy mountain. In this church. You shall not be hurt. In this place. You cannot be destroyed. God is making a decree. And so shall it be. Because the war is passing away. For us corporately. And for us individually. In this place. You shall not be hurt. No tiger. No tigress. Every lamb. Every wolf. Is lying down together. And feeding together. It's a place where we can see eye to eye. We are brothers and sisters here. Because the lamb and the wolf, they are lying together and feeding together. Therefore, in this mountain, they shall neither hurt nor be destroyed. Thus hear the Lord. God bless you. For further information and message order, please call plus 234-803-481869. Or you can visit our website at www.gkai.net. God bless you.